0: felt good, that is good stuff right there, come on, tell somebody that, that's why I came to church, that's that's why I came, that's why I'm here. Man, thank you for being here today, if you're brand new, man, I just pray that you just felt a little bit of God's spirit on you, what that is, is it's the Holy Spirit just breathing over you a little bit of hope, breathing over you a little bit of healing for your soul, anybody need that today, a little peace of mind, a little purpose for my life, that's, that's what the Spirit has come to do for you you're wondering, like, what is that? It's just, that's it. That's what he wants for you. That's what he desires for you. Thanks for coming to church today. Uh, my name's Brad, and I'm the pastor. My wife, Laura, and I, uh, if we didn't get to say hi to you earlier, if we didn't meet you, uh, please come say hi. We'll be back by the doors. Um, grab a donut, you know, then wash your hands, and then come shake my hand after that. Um, but I'd love to, we'd love to meet you. Uh, one of the best ways for us to connect with you is with those next step cards that are in the chair back in front of you. Uh, If you've given your life to Jesus, your next step is to be baptized. We'd love to baptize you. We're working on that right now, setting up the next one. Put your prayer requests on there. I want to share with you a couple of prayer requests, okay? You all right with that? Is that okay? Here's what you need to be praying about. Somebody said this, pray for peace in my family. But I like what they say, I've changed and not for the better. Man, That's the cry of somebody's heart today in this place. Somebody else says, pray for my husband. Man, it's Father's Day. Pray for my husband. He's struggling with depression. So many people don't understand. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit today. Some people don't understand uh, the kind of depression dads deal with. You still don't understand. If you're not a dad, just don't, you don't understand. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit today. Dads, we deal with that. We don't like to admit it, but we do. We struggle at times being a dad. And, and we wanna pray depression off, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray depression off. We pray depression off. We pray for healing for families. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna let you sit down for just a minute, okay? You can go ahead and sit down. Um, We are in a series uh, called the Psalms of Summer. So if you have a Bible, let's go to Psalm chapter 27. Psalm 27 is where I'm going to be today. If you don't have a Bible, I just encourage you to download YouVersion, a great version of the Bible, uh, and you can uh, look that up and look for the New Living Translation. That's what I'm going to read out of. I I picked this Psalm uh, honestly because it's personal to me. Um, in the last few years, I've been picking a different psalm that I would pray and, and uh, read over my family. So this is the psalm that is, I've been praying over my family all year long, and this is a psalm of David. Now, let me catch you up to speed here. Um, by, by the way, we have a reading plan. I don't know if you guys are taking advantage of that, but online, we're, going, we're reading through the entire psalm. So this week, we're actually going to be reading through Psalm 27. Kind of read one in the morning, read one at night, or you can read both at the same time, however you want to do that. But it's just a couple psalms a day. And uh, so today is, is Psalm 27. So I need to give you some background on this so you understand what's happening. This is written by David, and, and the psalms are poems. They're, they're songs, and they're written from, from our perspective, okay? So when you read the psalms, it can be kind of confusing because you're reading like, man, that's kind of weird what that guy's saying. Like, he just said that, you know, kill their babies. That's creepy. Um, so There's a psalm that says that. Why would that be in the Bible? Does God condone that? I don't think so. But, but you know what is, is in there is the cry of a heart of like, this is how I'm feeling right now. This is what I'm dealing with right now. And, and so it's like when you pray, you ever open yourself up to God? You ever do that? Like, open yourself up to God and let God have it? And this is, how I just, this is who I am. This is how I'm feeling. That's the Psalms. So David, David, if you're new to church, David was the guy who would become the greatest king Israel had ever known. David was the guy who killed Goliath, the giant, with the stone. David, though, at this point, this, the, the king who is on the throne wants to kill him because he feels threatened by David. So David is on the run at this point. He's running. They're hunting him down. Um, he is His life is in danger. He's out in the wilderness. He doesn't have a whole lot to his name. And then he writes this in the middle of all that in Psalm chapter 27. Look at verse one. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So so why should I tremble? Like when evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes, they attack me, they will stumble and they will fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, and that's exactly what's happening to him, says my heart's not going to be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. And this is, he says this in verse 4, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most. So if you're wondering, like, what, is, what would be the best thing I could do with my life? What's the number one thing I should focus on? Sometimes it's hard to stay focused. I'm telling you, if you want your life to stay on track, if you want good for your life, I can't preach this today because this is not what I want to get into, but this is so good. I have it struggling because I want to preach it, but this is so good if you're wondering what to focus on. He says, this is the thing I seek most, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when when troubles come. He's going to hide me away in his sanctuary. He's going to place me out of reach on a high rock. And then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. So he's completely surrounded and he's thinking, God's going to lift me out of this. At his sanctuary, I'm going to offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. I'm going to sing praises to the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. Some of you, if you've got a paper Bible, you need to circle that. Some of you need to highlight it because you feel like God has not been hearing your prayers. Can I tell you today, he hears every prayer. If you believe that as a follower of Jesus, can you just say amen for those who are struggling? Amen. we believe that. Like, he hears every prayer. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Okay, so so again, real quick here, this is what David, again, is God ever going to turn his back on you? No. Is is God ever going to reject you? No. But this is how he's feeling in this moment. And so he's crying this out to God. Don't leave me. Don't abandon me. God's not ever going to abandon me. But th- that's the feeling he has. He says, oh, God of my salvation, even if my mother and father abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O oh Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. And then we're going to land here on these next two verses. I'm going to speak on these next two verses, verses 13 and 14. Verse 13 has kind of been my verse for this year, in fact, and verse 14, and so much so I have three dates written here. I have both verses underlined in my Bible and dates by them. I have December 12th of last year, February 9th of this year, and March 13th of this year. I, I write dates. What I do is I write dates in my Bible because I journal my thoughts and, and what I'm going through and my prayers, and, and what my hope is is one day that uh, my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren are My great-great-grandchildren, they'll have my Bible, and they'll open it, and they'll read this, and they'll be like, I wonder what his grandpa was thinking that day, and then go grab a journal, and they can read it, and they can see what was happening in my heart and in my soul that day, and I will have an opportunity to speak on from generation to generation. Dads, do you want to speak on? Do you want your legacy to go from generation to generation to generation? Do you? Journal. Oh, I'm not a writer. That's the lamest excuse you could ever give. Can you imagine meeting your great, great grandchild in heaven one day? He's like, man, yeah, my buddy, he had all his grandpa's journals. Why didn't you write anything? Oh, I'm not a writer. So I never knew what you were thinking? Because you're not a writer? Enough said. That's not even my sermon, all right? So I'm just saying, I'm just telling you, you want a legacy. I want a legacy. It's a great way for your legacy to live on. Put your hopes and your dreams and your desires and your failures. My, my journals are full of failures. I, this, this, this is, I'm not even supposed to be preaching this right now, but somebody, you need this right now. You've got to put it down so your kids can see it and they can see that you're normal. Oh, yeah, grandpa struggled, too. Oh, yeah, dad struggled, too. Oh, yeah, my great-great-grandpa, man, he was, man, I can see it, man. My great-great-great-great-grandpa, man, he was this mighty preacher, man, in Oklahoma. Man, he just brought the word, and they thought I was all perfect. And then they read, have you seen his journal? <laughs> it was pretty jacked up. Have you guys read my grandpa? Did. That's what they're going to be doing. All right. So I got to get going because I got, uh, I'm going to run out of time. Here's the verses. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living I wish he ended right there. Yet I am confident. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord while I'm here in the land of the living. The end. Close the book. But he doesn't. He says, wait. Wait patiently for the Lord. Ah, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, yes. wait patiently for the Lord. Now just pray with me and then we'll get going here. Father, thank you for this gift of the Psalms. Thank you for... The truth of it in this moment, would you speak to all of us through the power of your spirit in Jesus' name? and if you're ready, give me a big Father's day. Amen. Amen. So, so twice here in, in Psalm 27, uh, uh, David says these words, "I am confident. Let's practice that together. I am confident." Turn to somebody right now and tell them, "I am confident." Okay, now, now I want you to turn to somebody else and say it like you mean it, okay? I am confident. So that's, that's my word for 2018. The last couple years, I've, I've kind of picked a word that I, that I want to focus on, and my word for this year is confidence. And I know you see that, and you're like, you're the preacher. You're the preacher. You struggle with confidence? Yes, I do, because I'm a dad. <laughs> Can I get an amen from the dads? Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's rough. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, nothing will rock your confidence faster than having children. Like, I used to be cool. I used to be desirable. I, I used to have swag. Now I shop at Bed Bath & Beyond. You know what I mean? That's my life. I have four children, which just means it's four more opportunities to be ridiculed, like my daughter, she walks into the kitchen and she just walks by me and she goes, boop. Really? You just did that? I, I, was, I was talking to some dads uh, this week. We were having dad talk and, and this one dad was telling me that he took off his hat and uh, his, his, young, his young son looked up and said, dad, now I know why you wear a hat. Because you don't have any hair. What happened year and year? They have no filter, do they? And they're just brutally honest. I I was talking, another dad was standing in that same conversation, and this is what he said. He said, oh, you think that's bad? He said, my my preschooler was sitting on my lap and and pointed at my chest and said, those look like mommies. (laughs) Oh, man. It doesn't take much to rock your confidence, does it? I mean, man, you look around. Looks like everybody is oozing with confidence, doesn't it? I mean, look around. Just look around right now in the room. Look around. I mean, don't look over here. There's no confidence over here. But in this area over here, I'm kidding. Y'all, y'all look amazing. You're awesome. But I mean, you just look around. You're like, man, get on social media, and everybody, you're like, oh yeah, perfect life. Oh yeah, looking perfect. Oh look, there's a dad with his shirt off at the lake. Well, good for you, dad. Here I am rocking the dad bod like this ain't coming off this summer, okay? No, it's 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 not it's it's not happening. But you look through that and and you see all these things. You know, they've done a recent survey and they found that listen to this eighty five percent of people struggle with self confidence. Eight out of ten of us right now are struggling with self confidence. Come on, tell somebody right now. He's not talking about me. He's not, he's not talking, he's not, he's not He's not talking about me. I mean, they do. Fathers, it's Father's Day. Should be a great day. That should be the day, We're like, yeah, dad, I'm a dad, man, I got it going on. But you know what happens, truthfully, for every dad I've ever talked to, every dad I've ever talked to? Every dad struggles with self-confidence. Here's the number one question, every dad. If you're not a dad, here's what dads ask themselves every day. Am I a good dad? Do my, do my kids wish somebody else was their dad? Dad's struggle. It's a good day to tell dad something he's done good. Men in general, whether we have children or not, men, we struggle, especially when it comes to success or a career. Number one question we ask, men ask, if you ever ladies, you want to know what, what men are asking and what, what your young, young boys and teenagers or boys are asking, here's what they're asking: Do I have what it takes? Am I am I ever going to be successful? I don't I don't know. Do I have what it takes? What it, what is it? What is it you're hoping for in your life? What is it you're believing for? What what dream do you have? You know that 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 one day dream. You know, what I'm talking about where you're like, one day. Maybe it's with, with your kids that you know one day. Man, this three year old whatever he is, it's going to be okay. I mean, one day, one day my teenager, one day I had this for my kids, one day I want this for my family, one day my marriage is going to look like this, one day financially, one day, man, maybe it's your career, maybe it's your future, it's a dream you have. This week I was at a hotel and I was talking to the guy that was putting the breakfast together and said, we got to talking and I said, hey, man, is this your dream job? And he's like, no. I said, what's your dream? He goes, oh, man, one day I want to own a business I love cooking and I want to start a business. I'm like, why don't you go do it? And he goes, oh, well, you know, because I can't. And, and then he started with the self doubt. I was talking with one of my cousins this week and, and, and we got to talking about that. And she's, she leaned across the table to me and we were talking about what our dreams were. And she said, well, one day I want to be a, a writer. And she said it almost apologetically. Like and, and I said, You you should write. And she her shoulders went up. She said, You think I should? Yes, I, I, I think you should. But we all struggle with confidence. And and here's David, David King, one day, yeah. David even himself struggled with confidence. And what, what happens is we're we're aiming for this mountain of dreams, and we get stuck in this valley of discouragement. And, and it's in this valley of discouragement that, that we lose hope. It's, it's where doubt comes. It's, it's where our dreams die. And this is where David finds himself in Psalm chapter 27. So saw, in Psalm 27, David has a dream one day. One day I'm going to be king. But right now, <laughs> I'm far from that dream. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm on the run. And, and he's on the run, but he says this in verse 13. He says, yet, somebody say Yet. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. David is being hunted; his life is in is in danger. He's I, his, at one point his family gets kidnapped from him. Um, at one, another point, he's living with the enemy; like he's not in Israel anymore. He goes over to the Philistines, who are the enemy of Israel. He pretends to be on their side because he's in such fear and such peril. But in the midst of all that, he says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. So often when we get into this valley of discouragement, we just, we just lose heart. Like what's your yet right now? What, what is your yet? What is the stumbling block in the way of your dream? What is, what, is the, what is the doubts you're having? What is the confusion that you're experiencing? What is it that's keeping you from the Lord's goodness? Because often what happens when we get into the, the valley of, of discouragement and we get down and, and what happens in that moment, our yet turns to yep. Yep. I know it. Yep. <laughs> figures. Yep. I knew it was too good to be true. And what happens is we talk ourselves into misery. We talk ourselves into discouragement. We talk ourselves into giving up on our dreams. And here's what we all have to understand and we all have to know is that all of us collectively will face disappointment in this life. All of us will face obstacles. All of us will experience failure. All of us will have trouble. And this is where David is. David is far from the palace, far from his dream. But he says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. Like this would be a good time for David to say, yep. I knew it was too good to be true. I'm just a shepherd. I mean, seriously, king? Yep. Figures. I'm just some punk kid nobody cares about. Yep, I knew it. But David doesn't do that. In the midst of what David is facing, David, for some reason, his confidence is really high. And the reason his confidence is really high is because his confidence is not in himself. When you place all the confidence in yourself, when you find yourself saying, yep, when you find your confidence low, when you find yourself struggling, guess where your confidence lies? In me. But David says his confidence is is not in himself. In fact, go back to the beginning of this poem, this song that he writes. The very first sentence of this song says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord, like he's like, the Lord is my light. The Lord's my salvation. What? Why would I ever be afraid? You know, we we take light for granted, don't we? I mean, light is always there at the flip of a switch. We've just always known light. We don't know life without light. I mean, so much so that it's with us 24-7. I mean, we now have, uh, we don't even know flashlights anymore, do we? Because flashlights are on our phone. You remember when you have to, when the power, do you remember when the power went out and you had to go looking for a flashlight? Anybody remember those days? You're like, it's around here somewhere, it's around here somewhere. You find the drawer, you pull it out, click, nothing. So what do you do? Beat on that bad boy. It flickers a little bit, and you're like, ah. Oh. So, you open it up, you can't see anything. What do you got to do? You got to flick a match or a, a Bic lighter, but none of us would have that because we're followers of Jesus, so we don't have a lighter. But just um, for the concerts I've been to, um, and you light it and you look down, there's acid all over the batteries. Remember those days? So David, David, he don't have a flashlight, he doesn't have a smartphone, he's way out in the wilderness, it is dark, he doesn't know where the enemy is at, he doesn't know, uh, the, he can't see the wild animals that are there, and the terrain where he is at, the terrain where he is at is extremely dangerous. He takes one wrong step, and he is going to be gone. And what does David say in that moment? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I be afraid? In other words, he's like, I know it looks bleak. I know it looks bad, but I believe this. God is going to show me the way. God is going to protect me. God is going to bring me through. Like, this is how you've got to be. You've got to get resolute in your soul. Man, God is my light. He's my salvation. I don't have to be afraid of anything. Like, it might look bleak right now. Things don't look good, but I believe that God is going to make a way. So David, he says, not not only is the Lord my light, he says, he's my salvation. Now, we as followers of Jesus, we think in terms of salvation, like forgiveness for our sin. But in this moment, that's not what David's talking about. What David is talking about is this idea that he's my rescuer. He's he he delivers me. See, David, he's got these mighty men, and and he's got these uh, these. They're called the mighty men, but they're they're basically he's gathered this group of men together. He's not alone. So if you have this picture of David being alone, he's not alone. But he's gathered these men, and they're not good guys. Like, honestly, they're just a bunch of thugs. Like, he went out to the local biker bar. I mean, he, he went to the honky-tonk on Friday night, you know, and the guy was throwing darts and could win it. He's like, dude, you're on my team, okay? And so he picks all these guys. They are, they are not good guys, but they are amazing warriors. And at one point, they go out to battle, and they come back, and somebody's kidnapped all of their families, their wives and their children and they're. They're all looking at David like, "What's what are we going to do? How are we, You said you were going to be, in. and, and I, I, in that moment, I just think David just said this. I, I, they're like, what are we going to do? I think David's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I do know that I will see the goodness of the Lord. Like They're, they're looking at him, they're like, man, we don't have hardly anything to eat. We're running around. The enemy is chasing us. I can see one moment they look up and they're like, there's just a few of us. There's hundreds of them. David, what are we going to do? And David's like, "I, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that I will see the Lord's goodness. This is how we have to be as followers of Jesus Man, you got a dream, and you share your dream with somebody, and you're telling them all about what you want to do. And they're like, "How are you going to afford that? How are you going to make that? You don't even have the education." You're like, "I, I don't know, but I do know, I will see the Lord's goodness." Hey, man, what's happening with your kids? I mean, those kids—you think they're ever going to take man, God, this is pretty. Rough. I, I don't, I don't know, but I do know. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Man, your finances are upside down. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. You get the report from the doctor and it gives you the bad report. The one that says nothing's good's going to happen for you like it is bad, it is terminal, it isn't fixable and you look at that report and you're, people are like, "What are you going to do?" And you I, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know and I do believe I will see the goodness of of the Lord. And you can take that to the bank because here's what Jesus said almost 1,500 years later. In the book of John, John records these words in chapter 8 and verse 12 where Jesus said this. He said, I am the light of the world. He says, if you follow me, now here's the good news. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're like, hey, preacher man, why should I follow Jesus? Like seriously, what? What's, follow Jesus. Why? What's the big deal? I'll tell you why it's a big deal because Jesus said this. You won't, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Like, that's where you say amen, church. That's like where you get excited. That's where you're like, I don't have to walk in darkness. He's going to light up my way. That's pretty good news right there. You will have, come on, say this with me, what? The light that leads to life. You'll have the light that leads to life. Listen, it might look bleak right now, but listen, you can say with authority, yet I am confident. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Why? Because my confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in Jesus. Like, he is my light. He is my redeemer. He is unchanging. He is unwavering. He is my light. He is my salvation. That's what David said. He will deliver me. Like, why should I be afraid? So often we expect uh, God to be like Google Maps. Like uh, we were in Fort Worth at a, at a wedding, and I was in a part of Fort Worth. I didn't know where I was at, so I Google mapped it. And uh, we got there okay, and when we were leaving, I Google mapped back to the hotel. And so we get in the car to go, and, and uh, we as we're driving, I know we're supposed to get on the highway and go north, okay? Get on the highway, go north. I can see the highway right here. We go north. But Google says, go south. And I'm like, Google, we're supposed to go north, not, not south. Go south. No, Google, Google, you ever talk to Google? Google can't talk back to you, but you still talk to Google. I was doing that. And so I'm like, what do I do? And Laura, my wife Laura, she looks at me and she goes, get on the highway and go north. So you know what I did? I listened to Google. And, uh, and I went south. And as soon as I made that turn to go south, guess what it said? Rerouting. Ah, And so it reroutes me around, and I do this big circle, and I come back around, and I'm back on track, and I know I'm gonna get on the highway, and I'm gonna head north. And as I start to go over the highway, Google doesn't tell me to get on the highway, it tells me that I'm supposed to go a couple more miles down the road, at which point Laura said, Get on the highway. And I was like, but Google is saying, and so I've got one woman saying one thing to me, and I got another woman saying something to me, and that's when a man freezes, and our confidence really goes away, because we're like, I don't know what to do, and and in that moment, I was like, ah, and I froze, and I and I listened to Google. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we get about a mile down the road, and it's uh, it's not it's not a good neighborhood. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a really bad neighborhood, <laughs> and it's getting you know, bleaker and bleaker by the moment. And I'm like, ah, I don't think this is right. So I pull off. And when I do, oh, I forgot to mention this. My brother-in-law was following me. <laughs> so I get out and I do the walk of shame back to his car, you know. And of course, he's sitting there like this in his car. And he's like, Yeah. huh Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, really, Google's telling me, these, uh-huh, yeah, no, Google, I'm, I'm like, look, it says in there, I'm like, okay, so we're gonna, and, and this was a really sketchy neighborhood, like, there was this barbecue joint, and I don't think they were selling barbecue, because they were leaving really, really quick, and there was a lot of smoke, but they weren't smoking barbecue, you know what I'm saying, and, and it was bad, and so we, we get back in, and we're like, we decide we're gonna follow Google, follow Google, Google gets on the highway, we get on this other highway, and Google actually gets us Towards the hotel, and we start to get towards the hotel, and and then I know this is the exit we're supposed to take, and Google says no, take the next one, and Laura said take this one, and I was like, I listened to Google again, (laughs) I I, and I didn't take it, but I thought I thought the next exit would get me right off at the hotel, it didn't, it went right past the hotel, (laughs) bye, (laughs) that's where we're supposed to be, I get off on the exit. I pull off, I get out of the car, do the walk of shame back to my brother-in-law. All my manhood's gone. All my confidence is gone in that moment. But I look and I go, hey, if we just do a loop around, just a loop around, we'll get right to the hotel. I'm like, I got, I got this, you know? And I'm like, follow me. And I'm confident. I'm like, we're going to get there. And I drive up about a quarter of a mile and Google tells me to take a right. I take a right and it says, road closed. But I looked, and between the road closed sign and the pylon, there was just enough room for my truck to get through. <laughs> my brother-in-law's in a rental. What do I care? I'm in a truck, and I'm from Oklahoma. And so I'm like, we're going for it. And I just blaze through there. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? I'm like, whoop, whoop. You know, and we do the turn, and we get around, and we, make, we finally make it back to the hotel. Now, why do I tell you all that? Because I tell you that because I think this. I think this is where David is at. I think David, in this moment, what David is doing is he's like the palace is that way, God. This is right there, and God's got him way out here in the wilderness. At one point, living with the enemy. I mean, it's just all jacked up. It's all messed up. Isn't that what happens to us, God? Hello, that's the that's the shortcut, God. That we need. To, God, we need. You need to do this. If you would just do this, it would fix everything. And God's like, no, I need you to go this way. And you got to trust God. And God takes you to places you thought, I I shouldn't be here. But you've got to trust God through that process. you got to trust the hand of God that he's going to get you to where you need to be. Because here's the thing. Jesus is not our personal assistant. He's our personal savior. He's our rescuer. He's the one in which we put all of our hope in. And so often we say, well, the, the, the thought we have so many times is that if God is good, then my life will always be good. And that's that's not necessarily true, is it? That's that's not truth at all. In fact, actually, what is true about it that we learn here in in the scripture is that that goodness is not just something that God does, it's who he is. He is good. Come on, tell three people right now, he is good. Encourage one another right now. He is good good. He is good. Like that's why I pursue him. That's why I worship him. That's why I follow him. That's why I adore him. That's why I lay down my life. That's why I stay on the road that says it's closed. That's why I'm not afraid in the wilderness because I know that my God will bring about the goodness that he promised in my life. This is who he is. This is what he'll do. I I like the way David says it. David says it this way in verse 3. He says, though a mighty army surrounds me, like though I'm on a closed road, my heart will not be afraid, even if I'm attacked. Come on, say this with me, church. What? I will remain confident. Turn to somebody right now and say, I will remain confident. I love this. You know what I love about the Psalms? David is so honest. He's, he's so real. He's like, man, there's an army that surrounds me. I, I'm about to be under a, a attack here. And he, it's just like, things are not going well for me. I mean, he's just like, I'm not having a good day. Yet, I will remain confident. See, so confidence, confidence isn't found in ignoring your struggle or your setback. I, I had a buddy of mine that got Uh, came to work sick one time, and he came to work, and he was sick as a dog, and he was like, hey, good boy, and I'm like, you sound awful. He goes, oh, yeah, you're sick, and he goes, no, I'm not sick, I'm not, I'm not sick. I'm like, dude, you're sick. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I am not sick. I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan. You are sick, okay, go home. Confidence is not found in ignoring your setbacks and your struggles. No, confidence, confidence is found as we acknowledge the pain, but we declare the promise. Confidence, let me say it again. Confidence is found as I acknowledge the pain, but I declare the promise. Like David in this moment here, he's like, man, things are not going well for me. I'm hiding out in a cave. I think they're going to kill me. Yet I am confident. Man, they've taken my family from me. What am I? Yet I am confident. Man, I'm being hunted like a dog. I'm nowhere near the palace. Yet I am confident. You got to get resolute in your soul, like you're at work. You want your career to be on one trajectory, and it's going the other direction. Yet I am confident. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Here in the land of the living, man, my kids are not doing what I thought they should be doing, they're not where I thought they should be. Yet, I am confident I will see goodness in their lifetime. Man, my finances are all messed up, I can't seem to get it fixed, I can't get to my dream because I don't have the resources, I don't have the team, I don't have the people, I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. God put this in me. God gave this to me. It's from him, and I am confident I will see the goodness of the Lord in my lifetime. So for David, David, he was anointed as a king as this young shepherd boy. And, he, he, and then he's on the run from the king. And then he finally ascends to the palace. Do you know that that time period was over? A decade over a decade David kept saying I am confident nothing's going right for a decade I am confident I think it's why David ended the psalm by saying this wait patiently for the Lord be brave be courageous wait, wait patiently for the Lord. This idea of being brave for David, it's this idea of, of being strong, of, of, like, of not standing firm, but growing firm. I love that, that picture, like, I'm gonna grow stronger, I'm gonna be brave, and as he talks about being, being confident, or excuse me, being courageous, and he uses this word courageous, it, it means to be bold, like, to be determined, like, I am gonna see this. I am determined. I am confident it will happen. Many of you have uh, been following uh, the adoption process for my oldest son and my daughter-in-law. About three years ago, they wanted to adopt a child, and they tried to do it locally, and uh, it did, didn't work. And it, it just—it was a nightmare. They just—it just—it just takes too long to explain. It was just too hard. And they grew really frustrated because they were like, God, you told us to adopt. What's going on? But then God opened up their heart to um, overseas adoption. And many of you know that, that story is they, they were uh, matched with a, a young Korean child. He was two years old. And they began this process, and it's a long, grueling process. More thousands of dollars than you would ever imagine. I, I couldn't believe how much it, it cost. And, and, and they, they kept after it, and they kept after it, and they kept after it, and they didn't have any money, and they, they were having setback after setback, but man, they, they just said, yet I am confident. I will see the goodness of the Lord. And, and some of you were here when I shared about six weeks ago when, when they finally got to go to Korea, and they landed in Korea, and they met their son. But I'd love to tell you, just end it right there, but they had to go through six weeks of living in a country where they couldn't speak the language and nobody could really speak it back to them. And for six weeks, they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting and, and, and they're wondering, but they're saying to themselves, yet I am confident. I will see the goodness of the Lord. In fact, for my, my grandson, the scripture God gave me that I was been praying over him this this whole year is is, is Psalm uh, 27 and verse 10, which says, "Even if my mother and father abandon me, you will hold me close." And I prayed that over him and over him and over him and over him and over him again. And this week, they went before the courts and they awarded them the adoption and they took full custody of him in Korea. This <laughs> week. So, um, so this week we got to meet our grandson for the very first time via FaceTime, and he—they were in Korea, and this is the picture. Um, he's a good-looking boy. Ain't he? his name is Wesley, and um, he doesn't speak any English. And he was pointing at the the, the phone, and he was. Uh, he was, he was pointing at me. He said, Halabuji, Halabuji, Halabuji. And I'm like, yes, Halabuji, yes, Halabuji, yes, Halabuji. And I'm like, what does Halabuji mean? I don't even know what that means. And my, my daughter in law said, he's, he's saying, Grandpa. Whew. Yes, Halabuji. <laughs> Hallelujah and Halabuji. Yes. Can I, I want to tell you today, listen. Your halibuji is coming. Your halibuji is coming. You're like, what are you talking about? Listen, I might be grandfather, but you have a heavenly father. He has not forgotten you. He will not forsake you. He is your salvation. He is your light. You can be Confident. You might find yourself right now in this valley of discouragement, and you're wondering, how am I ever going to get to the mountain of this dream that I have? Man, you need to get resolute in your faith. You need to say, as David said in verse 13, yet, yet, despite this valley that I find myself in, man, I am confident. I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. I will reach the mountaintop. I will get there. I And I love this. He says this, man, while I am here, while I am here, like it's coming, it's coming, I will see it. Not just at any moment, but he says in the land of the living. God says you will have that promise in the land of the living. Yet I am